0: That's my father when he was a young boy, testing the microphone for my grandfather. It's the early 1960s, and my grandfather, Billy Barksdale, an aspiring country music artist, and his musician friends are having an informal recording session in the living room of my grandparents' house. They are recording a rehearsal in Fort Payne, a small town nestled in a lovely valley between Lookout and Sand Mountain, in the beautiful corner of northeast Alabama. I love these noisy recordings because they play for me a time when my father was happy and still had his two loving parents, his two rowdy brothers, and a warm loving home. These recordings were made before tragedy would strike this tight-knit family and take my grandparents' lives before their time. On one of the tapes, you can hear my father when he was a young boy, being told to turn down the television so the band could tape their recording. My father, Steve Barksdale, introduced me to my grandfather through these recordings, using the same reel-to-reel player that my grandfather used to record himself and his band. Though I was never able to meet my grandfather, I got to know him through these tapes. My father told me what he frequently requested his father play.
1: Especially hearing my dad sing White Lightning. <laughs> he'd sing it, you know, he'd sing it especially for me. He, you know, a lot of times I'd just, just ask him and he'd, he'd sing that song.
0: And I love my grandfather's rendition of Please Don't Leave Me Anymore, Darling. It really swings. My grandfather sang and played rhythm and lead guitar for various country bands. And from what I know about my grandfather, he must have been one of the hardest working men to have ever lived, if he wasn't delivering soft drinks all over northeast Alabama, he was playing country music at dance halls, at radio stations, or in a living room. If he wasn't playing music, he was selling encyclopedias door-to-door. But of all the work he did, he loved music the most, and he made it pay for his band. His band members Charles Bashirs Johnny Whitley, and Weed Roberts explained.
2: Well, we made good money at that itching. Well, we
1: made, yeah, I mean, you know, for a kid like me, man, I, I made... Well, we'd make as much than a lot of people made at the uh, sock mills in those days.
2: Yeah, see, I did. I mean,
1: just a working class. When
2: I was working, I made as much as hitching posts as what I drawed at that little, I worked that glove mill in Numberlock. Yeah. And I made as much as hitching posts as I did that. That bought our groceries and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better than holidays.
3: Yeah. Oh, I love the holidays.
2: Yeah.
4: That was a highly polished band. We could play four hours and never play the same song unless somebody just requested that we play something again, you know, and if we did it put your little five spot in the 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 teal leg, you know, or ten or something other. Somebody's a little tipsy, you might get a twenty.
0: My grandfather sincerely wanted to make his living by playing country music, and of course, it was natural that he thought of relocating his family to Nashville. Terry Barksdale, my father's brother, explains.
3: As far as aspirations, I just think, I think Dad wanted the, the recording contract, and I, I think that's what he would like to have done was been a, a lived in Nashville, and probably about a year before he died, uh, uh, they talked a lot about us moving to Nashville. and uh, and being closer, where he could uh, uh, record, you know, and uh, perform more.
0: My grandfather considered the many aspects of what it meant to be a great performer. He always dressed the part, and instead of glasses, he wore glass contact lenses which in the early 60s could be quite uncomfortable.
1: Billy was always, you know, he was a short dresser and everything, because and, Billy was he, was, he was, he was kind of a clothes horse, I guess, in those days. I mean, he, you know, he and Adel both dressed, you know, really nice. And Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember, like I said, uh, i just see my, my mother digging that those glass contact lenses out of the corner of my, my father's eye, and I think, my goodness, why would anybody want to wear anything that's going to cut their eye, you know? And of course, like, later on, like I said, I heard that that people just wouldn't have musicians, people come sing if they they had glasses on. So my father done that because he wanted to be a
0: he wanted to be a star. On the tapes, I also found recordings of him practicing tongue twisters to strengthen his vocalizations.
1: Singing with a cheerful smile to amuse them all the while.
2: Twiki wicky, wicky, wee, wicky, bicky, twicky, tee.
0: And when my grandfather had the chance to join the band of a great country music artist, he did it. My father explained to me that my grandfather played music in a band with Ira Leuven. But the story stopped there. My curiosity led me to seek out more information about how my grandfather came to collaborate with a country music legend like Ira Leuven. I found the book In Close Harmony, The Story of the Leuven Brothers, by Charles Wolfe. The book claims, The Barksdales were not especially musicians, but Mr. Barksdale was the owner of the Coca-Cola Bottling Company in Fort Payne. The Barksdales could help while away the time on the long drive and help with the driving. What a sinking feeling these words gave me. A music historian contradicted what I'd always known about my grandfather, and I began to question the stories I'd been told. I was still a teenager who thought books told the truth. My heart dropped when I read those words by Charles Wolfe. So I immediately sought out anyone who could answer my questions. Wasn't my grandfather especially a musician? the people that knew and played music with my grandfather answered my questions and affirmed what my father had always told me, that Billy Barksdale, at the time of his untimely death, was on his way to becoming a great and acclaimed country musician. Charles Bashirs played the pedal steel guitar in my grandfather's band. In this piece, you will hear him playing hymns and talk back trembling lips, which he explained to me was one of my grandfather's favorite songs. Charles responded this way to Wolfe's statements about my grandparents.:
2: A friend of mine gave me the book, and, uh, and when I, I read that little paragraph, all it is, and uh, I thought, "Lord, mercy, that guy didn't do his researching. He didn't know what he's talking about. Just to put that in a book to publish it."
0: The exact details of where my grandfather crossed paths with Ira Levin have been lost but most likely it was at the popular dance hall called the Hitching Post, just across the Alabama state line into Georgia, between Mintone and Minlo. That's where my grandfather and his band often played for dances. What is sure is that my grandfather was invited to collaborate with Ira Leuven from the famous hit-making-country music duo The Leuven Brothers, whose music to this day maintains a wide appeal. My Uncle Terry remembers seeing Ira Leuven's Cadillac pulling into the driveway of my grandparents' modest house.
3: Ira and Ann had a Cadillac, had big old long white fins behind it, you know. <laughs> and, and when they come pulling up in the driveway, you know, all the neighbors always looked whenever they pulled up, because that was, that was something back then, you know, somebody pulled up in the Cadillac. And then uh, the next thing I knew that they started coming, uh, Ira started coming to the house uh, uh, a lot and dropping by. And, uh,
0: Uh, and and recording. Ira had moved back to northeast Alabama from Nashville after some disastrous effects of his alcohol abuse, which had precipitated the bitter breakup of the Leuven brothers. It was the early 1960s, and Ira was trying to reset his musical career. This is when he brought my grandfather into his band, and they hit the road. I feel torn about this moment in my grandfather's story. On one hand, I'm proud of him for having been invited to join the band of a great country music artist. On the other hand, I feel like my grandfather partnered with a man who was on an ill-fated trajectory. Ira Lubin was haunted by religion and infamous for throwing drunken temper tantrums on stage, breaking his mandolins when they wouldn't tune to his liking. Ira had insulted Elvis Presley, and he had provoked his third wife to such desperation and fear that she shot him multiple times during a domestic dispute. She said while he was still in the hospital, If the son of a bitch don't die, I'll shoot him again. When I first learned about Irish shenanigans, I couldn't believe it. I had been, and still was, sheltered in the deep green foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, in a rural county where alcohol was illegal, where people asked me where I went to church because they assumed I did, because I did three times a week. Ira Leuven was my first exposure to transgression and stark contradiction, and I was shocked. This was who my grandfather was collaborating with? From what I've been able to discover, my grandfather's character was the opposite of Iris. My grandfather was even-tempered, pleasant, talented, professional, handsome, and he absolutely did not drink alcohol or do drugs. Of course, that's probably what Ira Leuven liked about my grandfather, that he could be a part of Ira's turning a new leaf. Charles Bashirs tells a story that illustrates the calming effect that my grandfather had on Ira's volatile and violent tendencies during performances. Here he explains that my grandfather was playing in Ira's band at an Air Force base when a drunken audience member requested not one of Ira's songs, but one of his brother Charlie's songs that at the time was a number one hit. At the point when Ira would have otherwise reacted to this disruption, my grandfather, using his typical charm and talent, stepped in and de escalated what could have turned into a brawl. I don't Charlie had just
2: come you out before. with a, I don't love you anymore. Trouble is, I Probably don't, don't love you anyway. Since you found someone new, I think and, of course, you know, they split up, they wouldn't I even speak cry. to each other. But that was a number one hit. Well, this, this drunk come up there, and Ira Dan was singing something. So right another the of song, he comes up there and says, I want to hear I Won't Love You Anymore. I don't love you anymore cause I've got no more love to hear. Ira didn't say anything. And Ann looked down there and said, we don't do that song. And Ira, his color doesn't change but He was mad. I mean, he was fixing to pitch a field. Didn't you say, Guy, he was still still pretty
1: rowdy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that guy wasn't going to leave. He backed up a little and said, I said I want to hear I don't love you anymore. And Ira stopped singing. He stopped he said we don't do that song and that guy backed up a little bit more and he let out some cuss word and said I thought y'all was the Lubins, you are the Lubins ain't you <laughs> it looked like he was fixing to be a fight or something so Billy he just stepped over there and, and he knew the song and so he he said we got to Stop this. So he just whispered to Ira, said, I'd sing that song if you'll let me, you know, to satisfy that guy. And, boy, Ira didn't want him to. He did not want that song sung, but he finally agreed for Billy to sing it, and I kicked it off. used to, I kicked that thing off without practicing it, because we'd done it with Billy a few times. He'd sung it a few times there at the house and different places. And so he sung that song, but that's quite an old boy (laughs) down. Trouble is, I don't love you any less. Between 1964 and 1965,
0: Ira Leuven, with my grandfather and his band, played at numerous venues, including Air Force bases all around the Southeast. They had been booked to play at U.S. Air Force bases in Japan. Ultimately, my grandfather's connection to Ira Leuven is a tragic one. And that's how my grandfather has made it into several footnotes of country music history, by being included in the history of the Leuven brothers. Most recently, my grandfather is mentioned in Charlie Leuven's autobiography, Satan is Real. Regrettably, what he claims about my grandfather is false. Charlie Leuven claims in his autobiography, Billy Barksdale was a manager at the Coca-Cola plant down there, and he played some electric guitar. He had offered to play for Ira for nothing, and even did the driving in his brand new Chevrolet Bel Air. In this passage, Charlie Leuven is referring to Ira and my grandfather's last musical performances. Jackie Barksdale, my grandfather's brother, responds this way to Charlie's account.
4: There's more faults to that than there are truths. If you're going to do a biography, you know, uh, go to the trouble to do it right. Billy wasn't the owner of Coca-Cola plant in Fort Payne. He was the manager of the Dr. Pepper branch warehouse in Fort Payne. He never worked for Coca Cola in his life.
0: Johnny Whitley, who was the drummer in my grandfather's band, explains
1: I wouldn't even drink Coca Cola for years. <laughs> that wasn't even allowed. Uh, I'll have a Dr. Pepper. I would have been my father.
0: In his autobiography, Charlie Leuven claimed that my grandfather offered to play for free for Ira's last performances in Kansas City. To all who knew my grandfather, this seems very unlikely. My Uncle Terry remembers his family having more financially, during the time that my grandfather was in Ira Leuven's band.
3: I know that we started having more stuff, you know, after Daddy started uh, touring with Ira and Ann.
0: When my grandfather and Ira Leuven arrived in Kansas City to play what would be their last engagements, they stayed with their friends, Stanley and Shirley Tumlin. They were the last people to see my grandparents and Ira Leuven and Ann Young alive. Stanley played bass in Ira's band. Stanley's wife, Shirley, remembers that visit very well, and she distinctly remembers the band members getting paid for those engagements.
5: They all got paid. I was seen to that, and Bill did too. Bill. He just, you know, he was good about that. I was there when I seen them getting paid. Yeah, I seen them dividing the money, you know, and talking about it. Because they got paid pretty good when they did those places like that. Because they had to to pay for gas money and stuff. And they had that big old bus. They rode on the big bus.
0: Shirley remembers those days fondly.
5: It was a good life then. It was good. It was good. They did a lot of music together. Playing music. Bill made some songs. I guess you've got some copies of songs he made. But no, Bill was very important in the music. And now he was easy going and I think he kept Ira pretty well straight. Yeah, they had really planned on doing some, a lot of things. Of course, you know they didn't get to. It was very sad that mm-hmm. he didn't get to. Yeah, he had a lot of plans.
0: After having performed in Kansas City, my grandparents, Billy and Adele Barksdale, with Ira Leuven and his wife, Ann Young, left Shirley and Stanley Tumlin's home early on Sunday, June 20th, 1965. It was Father's Day. My grandfather wanted to make it back to Alabama to be baptized with his two oldest boys that evening at Galt Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Payne.
2: Billy and Adale, when they went to Kansas City, they stayed with their friends. Billy got up that morning and said, You know how he's always talking and life and personality about him, but he was eating breakfast and wasn't saying anything. He just wouldn't say anything. And said he asked him, said, What's the matter with you this morning? He said, Well, two of my boys was saved at vacation Bible school at Galt Avenue and said the preacher had been by to see him, them A Dale, and wanted Adele and Billy to get in church with them. And uh, Billy said, if I can get back in Fort, to Fort Payne in time tonight.
1: Because my brother and I, we were supposed to be baptized because we went to vacation Bible school and we were supposed to be baptized and my father had said that he wanted he wanted to get back to Alabama so he could maybe be baptized with Terry and me. Because we were supposed to be baptized in church, and my father said he'd, he'd like to get back so he could be baptized with his boys.
5: So. We followed him as far out on the highway as we could, going towards St. Louis. And Adele was so excited; she stopped. We stopped on the side of the road, and she gave she gave him his shirt for Father's Day, out there on the side of the road, and we all hugged and kissed and everything. Had prayer before we we separated, and that's the last time I've seen them.
1: I was ten years old when they were killed in the accident, and and uh, you know my mother and father were very, you know, you know they they were my heroes, you know, so. That was a hard time in my life when they they got killed a car accident. They go, you know, somewhere singing or, or whatever, you know, that um, you know, they they'd always come back and so You know, just like when they didn't come back the last time, you know it's uh, yeah. I guess that's why you know just it was so difficult because I mean you know you'd expect them to come back like they they always did. You know, so that that was a hard time.
4: I've told people before, you know, I, I lost a brother, sister, a daddy, and mama. In and them, you know, because you know I told you there I, I I depended on Billy. I never thought about doing it. I never thought that I did, you know, till he was gone. But I, I depended on him for. You know, he just—he was just a brother and a daddy to me. You know.
0: Tragically. My grandparents, Billy and Adele Barksdale, with Ira Leuven and Ann Young, died that morning in a car accident that cut short the lives of these talented people. What survives of my grandfather's musical endeavors are the recordings he made, five songs of which he wrote. The priceless memories of all who knew my grandfather also live on, and they tell the story of a beautiful person who is deeply admired for being especially a musician. ¶¶ My grandfather's brother remembers. We, we used
4: to sit late at night listening to the Grand Ole Opry on the battery radio. You know, was, that's my first memories. You know, he'd try to get me to learn to play something. You know, banjo, or mandolin, guitar. I had, I had a fish or a squirrel or a rabbit on my mat.
0: My grandfather's first cousin, Maxine Moses, remembers singing with my grandfather at a very early age.
6: And we'd all meet down at the lumber yard, and Billy and I could would get on those uh, lumber things, horses and everything they had down there, and we would sing as loud as we could. That's where we'd meet. So <laughs> it, oh, you ought to heard all that. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. What were we singing? Uh, let's see. I think "You Are My Sunshine" was number one.
0: And she remembers him dedicating a song to her when he was playing music live on the radio.
6: Well, they were on the radio every. I think it was every Saturday. They had a program, wasn't it? WFBA yes, W. Leaders, yeah, yeah. And uh, he had called me before the program and told me to be sure to listen because he was going to dedicate a song to me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, nice. I know it. Yeah, that made me think of it. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it was. That's the kind of person he was.
0: Billy MacMan, who at various times was a professional musician and Atlanta nightclub owner, remembers. You know,
3: he was. He was one of my favorite
0: people that I ever played with, you know, worked with. Charles Bashiers, a pedal steel guitar player and retired Baptist preacher remembers.
2: Well yo, know, Billy had a fantastic voice. You know who he sounds like on those tapes to be, now that history is history, is Jim Reeves.
4: And that you want to come back home
0: and help live the shame.
6: They all liked him. He was just easy to get along with, easy to talk to. Yeah, it'd be easy to find him and pick him out because he's a good one, would be a good one. So. And our
1: of course he wasn't well known. He got a lot of invitation to go sing well places though.